0: It's a podcast called Twenty Five Whistles, talking football, and they all wear a whistle. Yeah, it's stupid, but what did you expect? It's a podcast called Twenty Five Whistles. Twenty Five Whistles.
2: Let's get right to it.
3: Yes. Nice.
2: This is Twenty Five Whistles, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of college football. Download the DraftKings app, use the code Bobby Sports, and get in on the action. We got a good one coming up. Head football coach of the Vanderbilt Commodores, former defensive coordinator for Notre Dame, Clark Lee. We talk about the pressure he's constantly under. I was straight up like, "Hey, so is it harder to
4: get in here? So you can't get as many good players?" What a great question! Because Vanderbilt's hard to get into. A lot of mm-hmm. smart kids there. Yeah, oh, Why you didn't go there? I never even thought about going there. It's but like because it's, you weren't smart enough to think it, or yeah, but, to me it's like the Harvard, it's the yeah, Yale's, yeah, it's I'm the Vanderbilt. I never.
2: Uh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's like an Ivy League school in the South. Yeah, not for me. I think my favorite question was, do you ever just look in the mirror and be like, I can't believe I'm here. (laughs) That's a good one by me. Uh, So we'll talk to Clark Lee coming up and then three players from the football team who joined us. AJ Swan, quarterback, uh, linebacker, CJ Taylor joined us for a little bit. Punter. It's it's fun. We went over there. We we made a a show of of too much access as well. And I've hurt myself. But every episode, I hurt myself.
4: You hurt yourself really? For
2: real this time? Well, I didn't injure myself. or hurt myself.
4: Yeah, me too. My leg. My I, I, I right w- leg hurts. I wiped out. <laughs> you did. Mm-hmm. I
2: wiped You did. I thought you were joking, I but you weren't. Out. No, I wiped out. It sucked. <laughs> okay, let's go over and get in the Tittle Tattle. It's time
1: for the stupidest name ever. It's the
2: Tittle
5: Tattle with Kim-
3: All right, the other day we were talking about athletes changing their last name. So if you could change your last name, something unique, different, what would it be?
2: I'm a little bit obsessed with the name from Rob Deardick's Fantasy Factory. And I, he does ridiculousness too, but her name is Chanel West Coast. Ooh. I don't even know much about her. But I just think that name is so funny. That's pretty cool. Because her real name is like Charlie or Charlotte or something. But, and their last name is a real normal name. I looked her up, but it's Chanel West Coast. So I think I'd be like, Bobby Southeast. <laughs>
6: <laughs> so
4: dumb, but but you already have a a, a cool name. Like you already have that bones. wasn't the question. The question I, was change your name.
3: Yeah, I, it it can't be Bones. I know that, but come on, go along I'll here. I'd be Bobby Southeast. Bobby Southeast. Or, okay. Yeah,
2: or Bobby, uh, Bobby. Ar- yeah, or like Bobby Arkansas or something. <laughs> Bobby
4: Arkansas. That's, pretty, that's a redneck right there. Dude. I love that. Oh Jersey. <laughs> I guess uh, spaghetti. Eddie Spaghetti. <laughs> right? I mean, that, that would just make sense.
3: like a cartoon? <laughs> you? Uh, I don't know. Now you got me thinking like regionally. California Kevin?
2: No, you don't have to do that. Right? You can pick whatever you want. And it's um, a last
3: name, not a first name. Kevin from California. There you go. No, you don't. No, I know. I'm just From California would be. <laughs> <laughs> it is. You're talking with a bunch of guys, too, who have fake names.
2: Like Bones is my real last name. hmm and you don't even really go by your real last name, although it does get brought up sometimes. It's there. Mike D has a whole different last name. Yep, not Distro. It's not Distro. So. Kickoff is not Kickoff Kevin's first name. first name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Could be though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'm going Bobby Southeast. Tell me my name. <laughs> okay. All
3: right, what else? All right, Notre Dame and Navy are kicking off in Ireland this weekend. If you could watch Arkansas play in any other international country, where would it be?
4: Well, would you want to see them in another country? That wasn't the question. It was. No, I'm saying that's probably why it's tough to even think of one.
2: I wouldn't want to, but I would just go like full culture shock and go Japan. Wow. They would be like, what is happening?
4: Oh, my God. I'm just picturing all these rednecks. Your stepdad in Japan. And camouflage. (laughs) What the? Yeah. (laughs) And all the different kind of Kit Kats they have over there.
2: They have a lot of flavors. This is a
4: green tea Kit Kat. Yeah. What on earth? How long they had these over here?
2: We need <laughs> to get them in America. We need to get them shipped back over there. Mm-hmm. I was talking to one of my buddies about a golf line, and I thought it would be funny to do. There were two versions of it, and he had these ideas as well. Like a Hunter's Orange golf line for hunters who also play golf, but it, but most of the stuff's like Hunter's Orange.
4: It's I, actually not bad.
2: I, I've never seen Hunter's Orange golf. And the other one was, and he said, what about a, for people who smoke a lot of weed, like a, what, like a marijuana golf line, I was like, yeah, I would call it 420.
4: Nice. Hilarious.
3: Nice.
4: I don't know if those exist. But and so I, you're talking about leaves all over?
2: What? Marijuana leaves? No, oh. it, it can be whatever. <laughs> okay. But I would call the but 4, F-O-R-E, 420. The brand would be 420.
3: Nice.
4: You know how some shirts have like little patterns of things? You look yeah. closely and it's a martini drink or so something. So it would be a lot of that. It would be like a, a it joint. It could be a
2: weed leaf. It could be <laughs> Bob Marley. Smoke? It, it Smoke? could Whatever. But it would be like that. Like camo, like hunter orange. But I don't know what I would call that one yet. Mm. But four twenty came to me immediately. I was like four twenty, F O R E twenty.
3: Yeah, it I don't smoke. even
4: smoke weed. I've never smoked weed. So but- hunter, hunter orange though would be cool with like a shoot because you know you shoot a score, and you shoot when you hunt. Okay. There's something there with shoot, like shoot under par. Shoot under, yeah. You know what I mean? Shooting under. Shooting. Oh, let's think. About There's something there
2: with shoot. shoot. Let's shoot think under. about this. We come out with our own Twenty Five Whistles Golf
4: line.
3: Ooh.
2: We steal
4: this whole idea. <laughs> well, I mean, no, I was part of the, the creation of the idea. <laughs> yeah, but whoever your buddy was you were talking to, they're out. If we come up with the name, they're out.
2: You're
4: out. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, man. We came up with Shoot Under Par. Thanks, man. Shooting. shooting. Shoot Under Seventy. Shoot Shh. Fire gun.
5: Antlers here. Yeah. We're looking for the parallels between
2: golf and rifle yeah. and hunting.
3: Driver. Sticks. Um, driver. Grip. Stands. Grip it. Deer stand. Tree stand. Uh, pistol. Morning. Bullseye. <laughs>
4: Early morning dew. Yeah. <laughs> Deer corn.
3: We'll come back to it. Okay. <laughs> I like that, though. Deer I stand. Next question. Okay, after being named the starter this week, what is your over-under on Baker Mayfield starting games this year? Oh, here we go. Unrealistic. Go ahead, Boss. All the
4: games.
2: <laughs> exactly.
3: Every game. Yeah.
2: This is a pro Baker Mayfield podcast. I'm a massive Baker Mayfield fan. Let's go, Baker Mayfield. Let's start them all. Let's win it. It's one of the championships. what
3: I say? Eddie, you want the first four games?
4: He's filling it. Yeah, please. Who are okay.
3: they playing? At the Vikings versus the Bears.
4: Loss. Win, win.
3: Versus the Eagles. Win. At the Saints.
4: Win. Ooh, I have loss, win. Loss, loss. You have Vikings,
2: loss. Yep. Bears, win. Yep. But you have them...
4: Losing, Losing against the, the Eagles and the Saints, yeah, man, be careful with the Saints. Car, you got Derek Carr there. Do you see that Instagram? How ripped he is! No, he had mm-hmm. he had sleeveless shirt and he had a helmet on. Okay, I haven't seen that, but did you see the Kyler Murray one? though Where he's wearing like looks like a sports bra? Bra? Yeah,
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. his belly sticking out. Next the longest yard trailer. Really I'm
2: going 16 games, okay. and uh-huh. not, only not 17 because he probably get hurt one game. Everybody misses a game. Stop. Be realistic. <laughs> and the Bucs win 10. Wow. This is a pro Baker Mayfield podcast. I, I heard that. I heard that.
3: <laughs> all right. What else? Last one. The Commanders ended the Ravens NFL record preseason win streak at 24 games the other night. Is oh it gosh. the most pointless win streak of all time or one of the most impressive? I'm going to tell you
2: this. They played that game hard. Both those teams played that game so hard. It was actually a preseason game. Everybody wasn't playing, but it looked like it mattered. They were... It was awesome. Um, it's not pointless because even if you do something pointless, you can't do it 24 times in a row. It was like last year when I went on like a 12 or 13 week winning streak. I could never do that again. Everything just worked out in the right way. And I got very lucky. Same thing with the, the, the preseason games. It's not pointless. I think it's pretty cool. But there's, we talk about it. We've talked about it for three years, four years. So there's something to it. Like it's fun, but I'm not going to say pointless. Good for them. I looked up some of the other streaks, longest streaks. Uh, Patriots, 21-game win streak in the early 20s. That's, that, mm. that's crazy. Yeah, it was awesome. That's a lot. You that's, remember that? Then that's a, that's winning the Super Bowl. Yeah. Like, it's leading up to the Super Bowl, winning the Super Bowl, and then all into the next season. Mm-hmm. UCLA basketball won seven straight titles. I'm convinced that they were the only ones that had a goal. <laughs> no <laughs> all one the else other, did? All the other teams had to come to like their house to play. Yeah. When was that? It was John Wooden, you know, uh, Lou Cinder mm-hmm. before Kareem. Yeah. Oklahoma football won forty-seven straight games. Think about that;
4: that's insane. Dude. That's four seasons. Yeah, that's pressure. After twenty, every game's like, "Oh my goodness!" The Lakers' thirty-three game regular season win streak, which is pretty crazy. So there you go. You know, though, the pre back to preseason though, like I did, I really thought that most teams go into preseason being like, "We're just going to work stuff out. We're not really trying to win this game." But after watching a little bit of hard hard knocks, like I, and not just this hard knocks, every hard knocks. Mm-hmm you really do see that they care about winning that game
2: yeah you see that they want their schemes to be successful and how are they successful by producing yards and points and if you produce yards and points you're gonna win you're gonna have a shot you're, you're gonna want to win yeah game. and then you're also just a competitor yep. you don't get to that stage if you're coaching or playing without being really competitive so you never want to lose anything yeah I don't want to lose anything ever i I, I want to rip my eyeballs out sometimes it's of to lose. Yeah. Even stupid stuff.
4: Yeah. You've <laughs> been like that like your whole life.
2: I hate oh yeah, I hate it. So, but yeah, 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 yeah. All right, that's it. Thank you. The stupidest name
0: ever is the Tittle tattle with kick
2: I hesitate to tell you guys this. What I had oh, a, no. I, it came to me in a dream. Whoa. let me tell you what's happening here. I just a reminder the DraftKings sports book that there are there are people. 25 whistles presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of college football. Download the DraftKings app. Use the code BobbySports and get in on the action. So we do the parlay here every week. Yeah. And I think probably what happened was we'd spent so much time at Vanderbilt, I dreamt about it that night after we left. Vanderbilt, Hawaii? Yes. I dreamt where somebody came in my dream and told me who to bet. Okay. And they said, take Vanderbilt minus 17 and a half. But all I know is that going up into that, I was like, I'm not taking Vanderbilt minus 17. That's just a lot of points. Mm -hmm. Just straight up. It's just a lot of points for two teams that people don't really have a handle on. Yeah. So I wasn't going to even bet the game. But in my dream, some guy in a hat said, bet Vanderbilt minus 17 and a
3: half. You can't argue with dreams, man. You know what I think about with this? Hmm. The Sandlot. When Benny has a dream, and Babe Ruth comes into his room mm. <laughs> says, you got to go get that ball.
4: Wow, yeah, yeah. I hadn't thought about that in a while. <laughs> Dang.
2: Okay, Vanderbilt minus 17 and a half, and Notre Dame minus 21. Is this going to be a thing?
4: Those are my parlays. What? Dreams.
2: I don't know. I never had somebody come to me to dream and tell me to bet a game.
4: No, I mean, I, I think when that gonna happens... I'm bet the
2: Vanderbilt... Hold on. Which, by the way, I'm super happy. We have football again. Oh my even gosh, I'm this, so excited! Even if it's week zero, as they call it. Let me get on DraftKings.
4: You said Notre Dame and Navy or where? Ireland,
3: Dublin.
2: Ooh. I'm going Notre Dame minus 21. That my my official parlay is going to be Notre Dame minus 21, Vanderbilt minus 17 and a half. Okay, so let me get my verification in here at
3: DraftKings. Kicking off the season with some
2: blowouts. Yeah, I'm good on that. I'm good on blowouts in early football and early NCAA tournament first couple rounds. All right, let's go over to Where's college football? Here it is. College football.
4: You're like past women's soccer,
2: past <laughs> volleyball, <laughs> badminton, tennis. <laughs> hey, I can do money lines, right, Mike? Yep. I got to put some money in my account.
4: Yeah, I was going to ask you that. What's in the kitty?
2: I, nothing. I took it all out. I took a bunch of it out and then lost the rest of it in golf this week.
5: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice.
2: So I'm doing Vanderbilt minus 17 and a half, 500 bucks. Okay.
4: All right.
2: Okay. And I'm going to win this money because of a dream.
4: And if this works, come on, dreams. Keep on coming.
5: Sweet dreams
2: are made out of these. <laughs> So that and then my parlay, you got that mic? I got it. All right. If you want to take the twenty five whistles parlay, you can check out DraftKings Sportsbook New Users. Use the code Bobby Sports when you download the app, 21 and up in most eligible states. But age varies by jurisdiction, eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Gambling problem, call one hundred gambler, New York, 877, 8 Hope and Wire. Text Hope and Y 467 369. See show notes for full details. And now, now, now we get into an interview with head coach Clark Lee. Some notes on Coach Lee former defensive coordinator from Notre Dame from 2018 to 2020 where he helped them get to the college football playoff. He was a walk-on at Vanderbilt as a player before earning a scholarship as a fullback. He was a big baseball player mm-hmm. and walked on as a fullback. He helped get the program their first SEC wins since 2019 last year when they stunned. They then ranked number 24 Kentucky and then beat Florida the following week. And in my dream, I was told, bet on him." <laughs> you can follow Coach Lee on Twitter at Coach underscore Lee. Here he is, Coach Lee.
7: Coach, what meeting did you come from right now? I was just, uh, honestly, in my, uh, by
2: myself, planning mode. So. Oh, well they acted like you were in some big, important meeting with, like, 50 people and that you were delivering
7: basically a sermon on leadership. I was encouraging myself, uh, leading myself. Let's Sometimes that. that's the hardest. <laughs> yeah. That's right. That's exactly right.
2: As the season, I mean, you guys are playing this weekend. Yeah. So you've spent the last few weeks, couple months, getting ready for the season, but now it's week one. Are you into game prep mode with the team now, or is it still... We're still figuring out who we are, the identity of our team going into the season.
7: No, that's—I mean, not that that's perfect, but that's that's been set. We started Friday with uh, with Hawaii Prep, so this today was totally dedicated to them. I mean, there always will be aspects of us playing good on good in practice um, to keep speed up and uh, you know just give guys a chance to continue to compete for the roles they want. But um, we're 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 in the swing of the season now. Good on good feels dangerous.
2: Because if you play too good on good, somebody could get hurt pretty easily. But you're right. There's a, there's like a fine line you have to walk because you want your guys to feel the speed of the game as close as possible, but not get hurt. How do you walk that line?
7: Well, it's it's you have to have a feel for it. I mean, I you know I think for us right now we're still establishing a program, so we we can't be afraid uh, to play football. You know, and that doesn't mean we're going live, but it means that we're willing to go out there and and uh, put our best on our best and allow for iron to sharpen iron i mean that's an important part of our growth now the the cool thing for us is in year three we have more depth and so we're going to get better um looks out of our scout teams and um you know sometimes good on good doesn't doesn't always include the ones versus the ones right you have the ability to mix and match and the better your depth the more quality the play is on the field no matter who's out there
2: is the defensive line the hardest place to get quality depth
7: Oh yeah. I mean, it's, it's a, yes, that's a tough place for sure. I think, you know, we've also fought to build depth at corner. I think that's a a position that, that has like, you know, very particular traits that you're looking for. Um, And then I would say the O-line also, I mean, it's, you know, it's one thing to go out and get big bodies. It's another thing to get refined players that occupy those big bodies. Right. So um, sometimes those guys need another year to kind of incubate and, um, you know, take ownership over those big frames, and so it's a little bit slower process there. You know, fortunately for us, we feel really good about where we are in the O line depth. We return a lot of guys from a year ago, and we had a good O line. Um, but um, you know, in, in college and particularly in a developmental program, you got to be patient with with all of those things. And over time, like we're experiencing now, we look out on the field and see better football being played, and that's exciting for us. Do you feel like the portal itself is good for Vanderbilt because? with, I would say,
2: the surge of uh, what will be the, like just the momentum the program has that people are now looking to, if
7: they're going to hop out of another SEC school to give Vanderbilt a look for the first time? I think there's a lot of reasons to feel like that the portal can serve us well. Um, we'll never be a team that builds out of the portal just because I think that the, when I think about sustained success here, I think about building it through retention in our systems retention in our culture retention in our language I think it's so important and when you're swapping players out every year it's hard to it's hard to actually own an identity and so we want to we want to be really deliberate with the fact that we are we're recruiting players to be here four and five years um, to learn our systems learn our culture learn our language and to be able to teach that within their roles as a player run program but when you look at um, the facility upgrades and obviously you know we got to keep um you know uh, pulling the progression line of success in terms of our results um, being in nashville tennessee which is, has got such a great uh, local recruiting base um you know being able to call some of those guys back home um obviously nashville being attractive to people that want a maybe a different experience and and then what they started their college in and then obviously as we build this program to sustain success i think it becomes very attractive for those guys looking for a new home we just we have to be very um discipline to make sure we don't lose the the kind of the strategy of the program, which is again to build it from the bottom up and not not to be trading in players in and out every year. Does it concern you or is it a good concern that the better your program gets, you
2: have to almost re-recruit your guys to stay because if you're getting higher quality players, obviously if they're not getting the playing time they deserve, they may look elsewhere. Have you had to start that process at all?
7: Well, yeah, I mean, we, we I think it's important, no matter the success of the program, that, that as a coach, your responsibility is to keep your players connected with the vision for success that you have for them within the program. And so we need to communicate that every day. Um, You know, we we are a program that takes a long term approach. That doesn't mean we're, you know, punting our success to five years from now. It just means that we're going to give people time to develop. We're never going to give up on someone. If we've recruited them into this program, they belong here. And so, even if they don't see the results right away, um, it's our job to keep them in the fight, to keep them learning and growing and inspired to take action. That takes intention, you know, that has to be part of the design. Um, And certainly we also celebrate um, those guys that at the moment they feel like this isn't quite right for them, that they go and find opportunities elsewhere that allow them to to get out there and play. I don't see that as a bad thing at all, but to me we we are what we're delivering here is an experience for the players. It's one that we're putting resources into their development. Um, They're challenged and supported here. They're building connection and bonds through doing hard things together. Um, That to me is the starting point for us. And so, I believe that you recruit your team every single day in the way that you, um, again, deliver that experience. And so we're very, again, very intentional, and, and we've designed this as a part of our process. Are you a players' coach? Are you a disciplinarian? How would your guys describe you? You know, I we talk about building boundaries here. Um, you know, I'd like to think that I'm a players' coach. I mean, I'm relatively young. Um, I try to. Make sure that the boundaries we set are around things that are most important. We're we're trying to be a team that um, that still functions from a foundation of human connection. And so, you know, my message is a lot of times um, challenge the idea that yeah we're all in- inherently selfish, but we have to put the team mission first. And what does that look like? You know, again, we coaching is full of cliches, and team sport is full of cliches, but us it's less about the words and more about the action um but yeah i mean i i I want again my focus is on the experience of the player and so i do demand discipline in certain areas and there are high high operating standards here and high expectations but my job ultimately is to explain why that is why it's important we don't have rules here we have standards and, and those standards should be taught and once you allow the player to have ownership over that and to understand it totally i think. In the end, they, it becomes theirs, not mine.
8: Is it harder to
2: get in to play football here? Is there a different admission standard to play Vanderbilt football than other schools, like a grade point, mm. or I don't know? It just feels like you got to be smarter. To a lot be of here. smart kids here. Yeah, I just yeah. would be like, why is everybody wearing a monocle under their helmet? That's what I feel like. That would be like,
7: um, it is harder here, I and mean, we sell we, we embrace that. Uh, it's not, you know. Again, we don't have a team of valedictorians. We have guys from all kinds of diverse bra- backgrounds and academic experiences. We. We like to think that um, no matter where you're from or what your experience has been in the classroom, that there are certain foundational elements that you know we, we provide support here where you're going to have success. But you know our guys have to go to class; they have to turn their assignments in. They're, we're going to have midterms here in a couple months, and you know that's going to be a challenge to them. And we don't look at that as somehow independent of the football experience. You know we're training pros here, and. Just like for you, there are times where you get up and uh, you have passion for your work, but certainly I'm sure you'd love to stay home and you have to get on the road and you don't have choices in some areas when you want to chase excellence. No, it's no different for a professional football player. I mean, there there are things that you have to sacrifice in order to refine your skills and to and to have staying power, and our guys learn that not just in our program but in everything that they touch here at Vanderbilt – that um, it's not always about doing the things that you want to do. It's doing the things you need to do to sustain success. And, to, uh, you know, any results, a lag effect of your investment. So um, these guys are investing in every area of their life while they're here. And it's, to me, one of the great parts and one of my great beliefs about why this job's important is because from this room will be, you know, the future leaders of our communities Certainly many of these guys will do that from NFL podiums, you know, and platforms, but beyond that, I mean, you know, we're gonna we're gonna send out some really capable people that will have an impact in in the world that my kids will inherit. And that that's uh, you know, kind of a part of my mission and vision for the program.
2: Are there kids that can't play here though because they didn't make a grade that they could go and play at an Arkansas because the standards wouldn't be as high. <laughs> I mean that's sense. just what I feel about yeah. I feel like it's harder to play to get in here, even to play football, and that would at times, and this would speak to the the work that you're doing here, at times that would be tough for a coach because you're not actually recruiting the same the the playing field.
7: We, we don't. Our pool is not quite as deep. You know, there are certain standards. Now, those standards aren't, you know, totally in lockstep with a, a normal student admission process. Um, but it's our responsibility to, um, to you know, when we, when we are finding guys that maybe don't have the, the strength of foundation in the classroom, we're looking for, you know, competitive characteristics that tell us that they're really interested in what this educational experience has to offer we don't sell vanderbilt as a degree i think that makes it way too simple you know this is a this is an experience you're going to learn to think critically you're going to learn to ask good questions you're going to learn to interface with some of the best professors in the world Um, that's an experience again that'll pay dividends in in every area Um, and and does that mean that sometimes you know we're limited in our choices certainly, you know, compared to our peers, but we don't see that as a disadvantage. You know, I think if we're doing the right thing and doing our, our due diligence with respect to the, you know, that, that, that threshold for ability, you know, and then you look at a threshold for character and say, if we're above those two lines, um, you know, we're going to be able to build a competitive team. And that's where, again, that the design of the program as a developmental program allows us to, Um, take someone that has speed and length and frame but maybe hasn't built it out or maybe doesn't have the play experience yet um, that may have been overlooked or undervalued as a recruit that we know can have success in a challenging environment and we grow them in our systems and our culture and we we believe that's going to produce a a dominant program in this conference
4: coach how do you keep the Excitement, the momentum throughout the season. Because I know personally, for me, when I get back from vacation, it's like awesome. This is great and all, but two weeks, three weeks into it, I'm like, I'm ready for vacation again. So, <laughs> how do you guys keep it going throughout the season if you're not winning every game? I understand if you're winning all the time, you're like, all right, let's go.
7: Yeah, I think you know the the truth is that um, you know as humans, we're problem solvers, and sometimes. You know, I've been on teams that have un- had undefeated regular seasons, and that that sometimes challenges you more than years where where you're trying to problem solve and figure it out. I mean, I think it's all a matter of the time and effort you've spent on foundation, how well you know your team, how well they know each other, um, how, how deep is their purpose uh, in playing the game? Like that's important, and we take time to to develop that, and that doesn't start at fall camp. That starts in January when the team starts formation. Um, but th- if you think about the year as a whole, you know, we, we split the year into cycles. And so formation cycle is really kind of foundational to us. Um, that, that goes from January through spring ball. Preparation cycle is summer into through fall camp. And then this is execution cycle. And so for us, you know, this is really, um, on the calendar, three months. You know, we're, we're fighting for a fourth and a fifth month. But, um, the season happens so quickly that we won't – you don't even have time to, to get distracted. I mean, it's it's day in, day out. You're hitting the reset button. And I think my biggest challenge and a coach's biggest challenge in this time is to not defer an after-action review to after the season. Is How do you focus on the most important things where you can adjust and adapt performance in the moment so that your team is playing better You know, in December than than you are. You know, at the beginning of the year. You ever look in the mirror
2: and go, "Holy crap! I cannot believe I'm coaching a Division one school." (laughs) Because I do that stuff. I'm like, I can't believe I'm playing this stage, and I work so hard. Sometimes I don't think about it, but like I have a little break, or just like it hits me, and I'm like, "What is happening? I can't (laughs) believe
7: it." Does that ever happen with you? It does. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm um, I don't know. Living the dream is the wrong thing to say because I you know I think for you too. I mean, we you 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 sacrifice a lot and you put a lot of time and effort in to reach these opportunities. The one thing that I that struck me as I as I accepted this position and stepped into it was it's, you know, I think in your mind and I don't know if that you would relate to this, but I'd imagine you would as you're playing those environments is you see you see those moments in your mind before you reach them as arrivals and really their beginnings. And one of the cool things for me is uh, this job, this role that I didn't do very well in, in my first iteration, that I'm growing and, and learning and becoming more effective in, um, it's a journey in and of itself. And so to me, it's like a great um, challenge, and it's something that the thing I'm working on now is just to take enough time to really appreciate you know, how I'm being stretched and how I'm learning and how I'm evolving forward while it's going on. Because I don't want to look up in 10, 15 years and... I think I wish I would have, you know, really thought about that more while I was in it. But um, certainly um, I feel like I have a great life and I am so excited to be in the role and be around the people that I get to be around every day.
2: They have therapists for creatives. And so I go to my therapist and they deal with creatives all the time. So
7: we're extra nuts. <laughs> Do they have therapists for football coaches? Well, we need them. Um, and we, we, you know, there's obviously a psychologists. psychologist. I, you know, for me personally, I work with an executive coach that, um, that you know, I think the first time we sat down, um, I needed a therapist. I think it had to do with, you know, the pressure and just feeling like I was kind of on the verge of a season where I really didn't know what to expect. This was year one. Um, as, as I've been able to like get my head above water and, and really, um, you know, establish consistency in my routine and my role, I think now we talk more strategically and about, you know, how, how I become better at my job, but not plays. You're talking about human, human strategic. And how do I facilitate performance in other people? Right. I mean, no different than you, you know, my mood swings impact everyone in the building. And so. It's not so much always about how I feel, it's how I perform in my role that allows other people to be effective. And my message is really important here. Um, It it does set the course, but it's only as impactful as my assistants carry it to their rooms uh, and my players carry it in their hearts. And so I've gotta be super aware of the manner in which I deliver that message um, and, and focus on responding rather than reacting. Those are things that um, I don't know that you really fully grasp until you're, you know, you're in the role and you have to learn on the move.
2: Uh, respond and react. I constantly am talking to my people about that. I don't want. I try to get out of lizard brain. I try to get out of flipping mm-hmm.
7: that. Yeah. Because if
2: I'm reacting, it usually ain't good. <laughs> That's if, right. It, my reactions just usually are not good yeah. unless I'm like dodging something. Other than that, <laughs> you know, it it ain't it ain't good.
4: <laughs> uh, being a head coach is it comparable to say being the man of the house? Where like I have four kids, I it's my house, right? It's my house. I, I think run. The this. Man of the house though feels like nineteen fifty. Check it though. Listen, oh, okay. hear, yeah, hear me yeah. out. Hear me out though. So I run the house, but I really don't do much. I tell the boys what to do. <laughs> like you are going to take foreman? out the trash, right? Right. Like you take okay. out the trash. You're going to take the dog out. You're going to feed the dog. That's so is it. that kind of head coach <laughs> life where you're just kind of like I run this thing, but all my people run it?
7: Um, simply. Um well, I, I, I see the parallel. There we go. I would say that um, it's, it's a little more complicated because um, it's not so much telling people what to do, it's inspiring action. Um, in the spirit of co-creation, is that too much? Well, my, the, is very when very I wrote really houses, my foreman never said co-creation.
2: Ever, <laughs> he yeah. didn't use that so word. It's a, no, it's a whole different deal. He'd be, like, he'd just sit back there, smoke a cigarette, and be like, "You, you missed that spot. It didn't feel like that's what you're." The opposite of that.
7: So here, here's, here's a, like this is something I shared with the team in my first year, and the first year was really hard, and I look back on it reverently because. It was our beginning, and, and we had to go through it. And I think all the pain, yeah, I was emotional after the Kentucky win last year, and I think a lot of people made the assumption that that was because there was an SEC streak that we ended, or it was my first SEC win. And really, we, I didn't think about any of that or talk about it. I mean, that was not on my mind at all. Um, Because I've got a belief in what we're doing. And we say in the program, uh, belief is a practice. And so you just step into that belief every day. But uh, my emotion was more about the pain of our beginning and how much that this group of guys had had gone through to get to that point um, and being so excited for them to experience and me to experience that breakthrough. But in that first year, I was inspired to tell the team that what we were doing was very similar to what it feels like to be a parent for the first time and my experience with that was you know you're 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 obviously you find out that your wife's pregnant and you know your baby's incubating and that word is way too passive but you know we don't know the experience (laughs) in total but every day you're talking to your baby you're thinking about you know for me it was our first son c3 and it's you know what what is it you know, he, one day he's going to be the president. The next day he's going to be a professional athlete. Then after that, you're like, hey, I just hope he's honest and hardworking. Right. You have all these visions for success. And um, then the day comes when you're called to the hospital. And, you know, the next thing you know, you're know, to oversimplify. You're holding all those hopes and dreams in your hands. And I think that's there's no more human moment and almost spiritual moment for me than that. Like, right. You're holding your child hopes and dreams. And then, um, you know, and then he goes to the bathroom on you, and you can't give him back and say, hey, mm. you know, come back when, when you learn how to use the toilet. You it's think like, about it, but you can't. You can't do yeah. that, um, as it turns out. So, so what then? You recognize in that moment that you, you learn to put diapers on, and, and you realize that all those hopes and dreams that you had that you microwaved in your mind still exist, are you willing to love and invest in that person every day? And so we talk in this program like we're co-parenting this program. And it's it's appropriate for us because we meet external doubt every day. And, and most people don't really understand what we're doing here. And so rather than try to convince them or somehow fight those battles externally, we focus on the love and investment we bring internally every single day. And we know that the ripple effect of that, how it manifests externally, will be to to show and to reveal. Um, but that's really not what's important to us. It's it's what we do inside together that ultimately is what's rewarding and fulfilling to us.
4: Man of the house. No, that's the stupidest same, term ever. You know, Say anything to me.
2: <laughs> no, but I, I, I do not accept the term <laughs> man of the house. <laughs> my wife, pretty much, I guess anybody can be the man. Yeah, right, that could right, be right. problematic. Yeah. Yes, yes, right. Anyone. Be, yes. Final three questions. Uh, what are
7: your most used cliches. to be three of your most used cliches. Well, I mean s- these are going to be um, unique to our program, but um, the first actually s- stole this from my time at Wake Forest with Dave Clawson. but um, successful people leave clues. So um, anytime that we have a guest in the in the it, that spends time with our program, or even if it's a player that's experiencing success and that could be success in process, but um, I'll say to the team, successful people leave and they'll finish the sentence clues. And the idea is just that we're paying attention to, to what people, um, to, to what people have done to reach levels of success. And, and, and important for me, you know, because we're trying to build resilience is also acknowledging the adversity that they've gone through to get there. So that's one. Uh, belief as a practice is another one. And again, that's just meant uh, to, um, to like, Paint the picture that, you know, when you, again, this is where I come from. Once you set your intention and your belief on something, um, I, the universe will align with you in your quest. And that doesn't always mean you get what you want, but you get what you need. And so that could be the sting of a painful result. That could be, um, you know, a disappointing um act by a team member or whatever, you know, but it can also be positive things too, but you're seeing them not as impediments to your, your journey. You're seeing them as, um, the path or the way forward. And so belief as a practice is one is that's important to us. And um, you asked for three. Um, don't poop where you eat. That's so I don't one. use that one. Oh, no, you don't, Yeah, okay. <laughs> that's. A, I think that's a good one, though. <laughs> <Yeah>. Honestly, <laughs>
6: yeah.
2: as a parent, you use that one for yeah. sure. Well, probably literal though. <laughs> yeah. uh, I like that your team finishes your 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 sayings or your, I wouldn't even say cliches, but your mantras, my team, they don't really do that. The only one we do is ready. Oh, 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 Oh Riley. That's oh, a that's, good it. that's the yeah. only one we do. You know do. what? Yeah. I may
7: steal that one. That'll yeah. be my third. Then they can sing it. Yeah. yeah. Henceforth. Yeah. yeah.
4: Eddie, two questions left. <laughs> all right, coach. Um, do you care about what the media says? Do you read all that stuff during the season? Do you pay any attention to it?
7: Um, no, uh, t- two part answer to that. Um, I don't engage at all. And what, um you know what's being said or what is on message boards or whatever social media platforms um, and that's hard and I know I've, I've I've not always had that discipline and I think that the 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 problem I saw is once that starts to impact the way you the lens through which you view your experience you're you're all power to people that that really shouldn't matter right and that could be, they're praising you. you know, I didn't have a whole lot of bad games when I was at Notre Dame as a defensive coordinator. I had a couple. And what I realized pretty quickly was um, for whatever good uh, you know will that I'd built up and good performance when I had a bad one, it was pretty quick to crash down. So why would I spend time and energy on that? So that's the first part. The second part is I think it is important to pay attention to narratives around the program because our our players will experience those and also um we want to we want to have an ability to 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 message our community about the exciting things that are going on here and so what i've done in order to do that is just to to have a lot of transparency and open doors and that wasn't actually how i was running the program year one and i realized that i was really misunderstood um and so i just started to let people in and team meetings, position meetings, whatever they wanted to to come to, You know, I wanted them to see beyond the cur- curtain. And I think that's been helpful, at least in giving the people that are writing the stories um, perspective on what we're doing and, and what why we feel like this is so special.
4: Just show up, bro. I know. <laughs> I also heard, too, he's not going to watch this. Uh, we're not the real media.
2: Yeah, I
7: know.
2: <laughs> we're the stupid media. Yeah. Uh, final question. Let's talk about next season. You guys end – Extremely high. I mean, I have a like a great taste in my mouth from Vanderbilt football because of how you guys ended last year, and it was the most organized storming of the field I've ever seen. It's it was like incredible. they were passing out tickets to storm <laughs> yeah. the field. It was awesome. One at a time. Yes, yeah. absolutely. All right. We need. So, do you feel better now going into this season, as compared to going into last year, and even the year before then?
7: I feel more connected to who we are, and I th- and I think that that's like. Again, I uh, you know I'm gonna I'm gonna impale myself on this job. So, what I want to do is is feel a connection with the people in this program, and I want to feel like I'm fighting for them every day. That's how I feel. So I'm really excited, and we've gotten better too. the The, the weird thing about what we're doing is that um, what I hope is that every year we kind of reset expectations, and it actually makes my job a little harder. Um, and so, you know, I do think the way we finished last season. Um, we, we accomplish that to a point. I think that our fans and even those outside are expecting more from us. Um, and we're at a point in this program right now where there's nothing guaranteed. So, um, you know, we, we have to win every margin and, and show up to play every week. But Certainly, I want, with every year, this job to become harder and harder because people have expectations of what Vanderbilt football is about. And I think I will ultimately measure success on how I've impacted the lives of the people in this program. But a close second is how, how much how challenging I've made my job um, from a standpoint of meeting those expectations every year. You
2: mentioned the narrative of the program. I'll end with this. I think the narrative of this program because of the upward trajectory. Because that's a big part. Momentum is a big Big word, big part of it, how you end a year. I think it's just, re- I, I mentioned I was coming to talk to you, and the two people I talked to about today, they are like, hey, that team has really turned themselves around. Now, I think you won two conference games, but those were two big conference games, and they were recent. Mm-hmm. And so I think the narrative of this program is, hey, this thing is trending in an absolutely right direction, and it, it feels like you're rooting for their best interest. I need Ws coach.
7: Let me honest. With you. <laughs> well, I need Ws too. Okay, good.
2: As long as we're on that same That's, we're that on the same, same page. There. Yeah. Um, coach, good luck. We really appreciate it. Uh, you might you sound like you read a lot of books. I like yeah, that about you. Yeah. It's like we want to
4: r- play for you now, coach. So. I, I don't
2: under, I don't understand a single word he said. I got to go back and like put this in <laughs> translate. Like, re-watch it and that dumb guy it up. Yeah. But uh we're rooting for you last year and really rooting for you this year, well, coach. Well,
7: it's great to have you guys here and it's always fun to do this and appreciate you what all is, taking what it, it What is to do this? I feel like in a way it's
4: like talk to the <laughs> Whatever this is. Talk to the challenge <laughs> children. He's like, you know, sometimes I like to do this. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, thanks for the charity, Coach. <laughs>
2: really out of, out of the goodness of my heart. Yes, right? of course. Yeah. Coach, thank you very much. Good luck.
7: Awesome. You. Appreciate you That's guys.
3: Awesome.
1: Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it, we do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move
0: with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers, to string trimmers and more, Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. All right, thank
2: you, Coach Lee. We got some players coming up in a few minutes but you've waited all year and the time has finally arrived. College football is back. So are the traditions, the tailgates, the great offers from DraftKings Sportsbook. Right now, new customers can score $200 in bonus bets instantly when they bet just $5 on any college football bet. You know, we talked about it earlier, Vanderbilt, and it's here. It's in Nashville too. Usually when teams are playing Hawaii, they go to Hawaii. That'd be pretty sick. Yeah. I was talking to one of the guys from the team and they said that last year they went to Hawaii and they stayed out there for a week and it wasn't hard to get out there and play the game. It was to fly back and play another game in like four days Yeah, after, yeah, after that, that lag, yeah. So, but look, you got Navy at Notre Dame, San Jose State at USC, Hawaii at Vanderbilt. Let's go! Kick off the season with DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now and use the code Bobby Sports. New customers can score $200 in bonus bets instantly when they bet just $5 on any college football bet only on DraftKings Sportsbook with the code Bobby Sports. 21 and up in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Gambling problem, 1-800-GAMBLER. In New York, 877 8 hope Y Or text hope and Y four six seven three six nine. See show notes for full details. Hey, what's the deal with Reggie Bush? You walked in, Kevin, sent by Reggie Bush?
3: Yeah, now he's going, not going after, but he's, what do you call it? He's suing? He's, yeah, suing a lawsuit trying to get his Heisman back because they've been battling for a couple of years now with the NIL deals now that it's legal and all that. So he's trying to tell the Heisman committee, hey, I need my trophy back because you can get paid for this. So what they need to do is find out if, if it's legal enough nowadays for that to go down 20 years ago, then he also deserves his Heisman.
4: Heisman. It's, a, it's, it's a little sticky. Were they the rules then? Yes. Okay.
2: Right. And that's it, right? That's, that's what the – it's like somebody um, – and I'm not sure what the protocol is, but let's say in Colorado where weed is legal, now that it's legal, everybody that's ever had a drug charge, if they're in jail for a weed charge, are they just let out immediately? No. Do they just get it all expunged from the record? I don't think
4: so, no, but I'm not man. sure. Whatever the law was then, right. like you broke it and here that was your punishment then. Right. So you got to serve it.
3: So you don't think he deserves it? I don't I didn't say that. Uh, yeah, Eddie.
4: I, I don't know. Like I really don't. I don't. I, I just really, if you're basing it on that rule yeah. of that whole guide, what guideline, you, I mean, it's just you broke the rule back then and that was the rule. What sucks is his records don't even count for college football. Oh. All the touchdowns, the yards.
3: Mm. Like better better season.
2: Maybe you'd have some sort of. Who paid him? What happened there? I don't know who paid him, but he was okay. making. I mean, a lot of those U.S. I mean, all
4: those guys. Have, yeah. You know, he just got caught. Did Manzel get his um, Heisman taken away? Mm-mm. Well, I mean, no. he, he, no, he a, didn't. He had a whole business
3: going. <laughs> it just came out of a documentary about it. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a lot to be argued here if I
4: was Reggie Bush. Exactly. You
3: know what I give, mean? Give, like, give, I'd feel targeted right now. Okay, about then him.
2: compromise. Give the guys Heisman, but don't give his records back. Yeah. Because you got to save what some. Do you, face. What do you want more? You want the trophy or you want your records? I want the trophy. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Cause you got to save face somehow if you're the NCAA. Yeah. And that's probably you you reach a compromise there. Oh, it's tough. He should have his he should have his eyes man. Yes. Okay, so let's get to some interviews with the players. First up, starting quarterback AJ Swan from Vanderbilt. He was an under armor all American in high school, an elite eleven finalist, four star prospect before enrolling at Vandy in twenty twenty two. AJ had almost thirteen hundred yards passing with 10 touchdowns and only two interceptions as a freshman last year. And you can follow AJ on Twitter at AJSwan10. He walked up while I was I ah, loosening up a little bit. I know he probably saw you a little intimidated. I'm a little older than you, so don't worry about. It. You'll grow into an
6: arm like I have. Uh, your thoughts on on watching me throw a little bit? Uh, honestly, kind of impressed by both of y'all. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> <Thank> you, <man. laughs> I've watched my dad throw, and it's not not the best. So no, I hope I always listen to this. Just how so was
4: your dad not the best? Exactly. Like, that's yeah. what I
6: was gonna say. Like genetically. So actually, he's first. He's left-handed, um, and then in high school, he played tight end, and he got his legs cut out from under him, and he put his arm down. And it broke in half. So he, had so he has That'll a broken arm. That'll do it. You're giving your broken arm dad a hard time, and <laughs> you're comparing us to your broken
2: arm dad. <laughs> That's even worse. Uh,
6: you healthy? You good? Yeah, I'm. I'm healthy. Uh, ready for the season, and definitely excited for this week. Yeah, I mean, here we go. It's this weekend. It's oh, yeah. a lot
2: of, you know, off season, early season. Does it feel like Christmas or does it feel like, man, I just want to get this thing go? I mean, I don't know. Is it like,
6: like, boom, we're here or it's just starting? Uh, kind of like Christmas. I think Christmas takes too long to come around, though. Like, I think we're all ready for the season. Um, we're all excited for it. So I think that we would have wished for it to come faster, but we're happy it's here now. Do you feel like the game
2: has slowed down a little bit for you from last year to this year? even because you've had the experience, but also you had
6: a break to kind of let stuff process? Uh, absolutely. Um, it's definitely a big difference just at practice. Um, I actually got in trouble earlier th- or last week because uh, I, was seeing, I was seeing the routes too fast and I was getting it out before the guy's head was around. So I had to slow it down a little bit. So I think that's definitely helped and it's going to help going into this year. How important is for you and your receivers to have,
2: we'll use the word chemistry. I mean, it's the most cliche word there is, but it also means something. Is it harder to get out on the field with somebody you haven't had a lot of reps with? And what's the difference? If they run the right route, they run the right route. Like, what is the real difference?
6: Uh, Yeah, chemistry is definitely a big thing. Like, uh, for instance, like a timing route, like a dig, or we have, like, a bang eight route. Um, Like, those are huge timing routes because... How fast defenses are, especially in the SEC. Like, if you're late or anything, it could be a pass breakup or a catch, and you get the receiver put in a bad spot and you get hit hard. um So, timing's a big part of that, and chemistry is a big part of that. And it's definitely harder when you go into the field with a guy you don't have good chemistry with because you don't know how he's going to run the route or how fast he's going to get out of it, the angle he's going to take out of it. So, uh, is definitely a big part of it. So, physically, there are little things that the receiver does that you're watching as well, meaning
2: if he it's good off off the cut, if he's quick off the line, if he doesn't – so the, just it's just experience with another player.
6: Yeah, absolutely. I think me, Will Shepard, and Jaden McGowan are uh, – like with those two receivers I have a really good connection with, and Quincy Skinner's another guy that me and him are gaining connection every single day. So, like, with those three, I feel very confident. I know when they're going to get out of their cuts and, like, the angle they're going to take out of it. They ever come back and, like, you're killing me. You th- like, you throw it too high. In mm. the
2: same way, you could be like, you're killing me. You dropped it. Like, nobody sees it. But if you throw a ball high and he gets
6: lit up – you're like, God dang! I wish I, dang! I wish I would have done that. <laughs> yeah, in the moment, I kind of I'm like, dang! I wish I would just finish my throw, or like if I if I throw it high. But uh, my mentality most times is just next play, next throw, because I know I'm gonna make the throw the next time. So
4: yeah, that's a good point, Bones. Like, so, so the, the my bad, like that's gotta be hard though, right? Sometimes when you're just like, you know, that, that was on
6: me, especially when they caught it. Like it's like exactly. a completion, but you're still like, oh, I mean to get you, I mean to put your ribs up there. Like. How
4: hard is that to admit that you're wrong?
6: Uh, honestly it's not as bad as people think like it's pretty easy oh, to Oh, I say. never met a Bronco you it's hey, terrible That's why I asked yeah, it. It. it's uh, it's honestly not uh that bad um I think it helps that the receivers are the same like if they're a little deep on the route and uh, the, I got throw it and it looks a little bit outside and it looks like I just threw a bad ball. Like they'll come over me on the sideline and they're like, "That's my bad, I need to get out of it or I want a yard too far. And I think that helps me uh, be shared with them too. Like if I throw it over their head and I'll be like, that's my bad. Or if I mistimed the route and I throw it early or if I throw it late, I'll say it's my bad. So I think that just the mutual, like being able to accept the fact and take uh, accountability for like, when we mess up is a big part. What's a bang eight? A bang eight is a—it's like a like eight-yard hook, if I'm guessing. No, it's a exactly. That's
2: why I don't <laughs> guess that. <this.
6: laughs> so we—it's our fifth outside step. It's like a like a slant or like a really uh, short post. So like, okay. if you're a receiver and you have your left foot forward, your fifth your fifth step with your right leg is when you're gonna break and you're taking like a slant angle. Why is it called a bang eight? I didn't hear the word eight anywhere. Eight steps? Why not the bang okay. five? No. Couldn't tell you. <laughs> he doesn't know. We can make that really. real. Call called the bang five slant. So some people call it different things. There's bang eight. There's glance. We call it Bolt. So What's the difference in a slant and a bang eight? The depth. So they like give one step slants. You have uh, three step slants. Some people use yardages for slants, but ours, our glance or bang eight is like how far you're getting down the field. Oh. What's the difference in a hook and a curl? A hook and a curl. So they're pretty much the same thing. We have a play called hook, which the route is very different than our play curl. So. Like for us, it's like very different. It's basically like a spot route. So he's running to the hash and setting up right there. And our curl, obviously 12 yards coming back down to 10 towards me. So curl and hook both coming in back in the same direction? Yeah. So the, the, I think the only thing is with those is they're working to the same area. So that's why they're referencing like a are about a, a hook curl player. Like those are really just referenced to that area. So like a hook, a hook's usually around, uh, you could say seven to 10 yards and a curl is usually around anywhere between 10 to 14 depending on the offense you're in. If you're looking at a single high safety, is that pretty much cover zero, cover one most of the time? Uh, a lot of times, unless we're in like a uh, snug or squeeze down alignment, then a lot of times they uh, even just like to check cover three, um, but a lot of times single high guys, they, they're getting pretty good at uh, disguising it, but a lot of times it's cover one and we don't like hook or curl in that instance. Yeah, right. <laughs> Why is it important to identify the middle linebacker? Uh, so for us, we don't identify the mic, we identify based on play which backer is important so a lot of times it's the will or like a backside linebacker sometimes it's front side linebacker um and the quarterback runs all that so we have stuff called match point um down so like that's our offense isn't just the mic but a lot of times it can be the mic and it's pretty important to know where the combo blocks for the O line are going to go to because if you can identify the will which is the weak side linebacker and you know that the line is supposed to find that line It's just to know where the block so everybody's on the same page. Yeah, and then so if we have a tight end and a run play and I say point the mic, then they're gonna work to the plus, which is in that case would be the Sam. Or if we're running to the boundary it'd be the Will. So it also tells like the, where all the combos are going to. So the tight end or tackle are gonna work to the plus, the center and the guard are gonna work to the point and the backside uh, tackle and guard are gonna work to the minus. Do you make your voice deeper? I would. Oh for sure. No! No, like I would make my voice deeper. It, it doesn't matter how
2: deep it is, I would still take it down a notch just so they would think
6: you know, honestly, uh, the Georgia game last year, I had to—I actually had to do that. Like, they could—they were—I had to make my voice really deep, like in the huddle, because they were screaming the whole time. They had music playing, so I actually had to make my voice deeper.
2: When you're playing at a, a stadium that is extremely loud, is it
6: hard to communicate
2: when you're on the line? Do you have to go to – I mean, can you go to full hand signals if you have to?
6: Yeah, we can. We also have a silent cadence that um, we didn't even have to work last year. But um, it's honestly not that hard uh, as long as you're clear with what you're saying. A lot of the time the line, like we have the chemistry. I have chemistry with the line. Like they know kind of what I'm going to say. And we all understand the offense well enough. Like if I see somebody, they're going to see it too. Like I'll be like easy, easy. They'll understand that. So they'll all kind of get their eyes up and they can see what I see, which helps a lot um, in those situations. AJ, don't worry about it. No one's listening. But what –
4: uh, you say that? Because he's going to be because he, he's going to be honest right, right now. You, go you study more f- the playbook or your classes?
6: I study more the playbook or the classes.
4: Which one? Which one do you study more?
6: Uh, playbook, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. What's your major? <laughs> Uh, medical health and society of course it is i I think
4: you need to focus more on the the
6: class for your for future (laughs) the future people that you're doing medical health for
4: they're not going to want to hear this yeah
2: (laughs) what's the goal with that let's say you're you finish here you do your football career wherever it takes you after that like do you want to go into the medical
6: field is that like what's the deal uh not really on medical health and society is like kind of like everything major like it's a you can kind of get into anything you want, the business world or anything. That's corporate. the difference of Vanderbilt. That's the most complicated major ever. For us, it was like general studies. Yeah. It was like business. We just, yeah.
4: Well, what does that mean? Anything.
6: This, this is hard school, huh? Uh, if you if you make it hard. If you talk to professors and turn in your work, it's honestly not as hard as you'll make it out to be.
2: It's pretty cool to go to Vanderbilt. Very cool. I mean, as far as colleges go, aside from the program moving in the right direction with Coach Lee, yeah. like just going to Vanderbilt, there's some real prestige to I mean this is basically an Ivy League school Mm -hmm. just with an accent you know (laughs) how
6: did did your family feel about you being at Vanderbilt uh they definitely like it um they're a little over three hours away so definitely not that bad of a drive for them they'll be up here this weekend for the game um my sister brother-in-law nephew so excited to see them again. Um, you can fix your dad's arm with your major. You not <laughs> right. have to make fun of him anymore. I don't know if I could, but... <laughs> oh, I, I think he's making fun of us. Yeah, the I, more
2: I think, think about it, he was us. like, you throw better than my dad. Who has a broken and arm. And we're like, well, that's cool. What's what's he about? Well, he broke his arm. <laughs> Is that good? He, are you really that impressed? <laughs> Wait a <second>. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you're, you're healthy, ready to go? I'm very healthy, very ready to go. Uh, good luck this season. I'm super pumped to, you know, see you guys take it to the next yeah. level. And you
6: like Nashville? I Love Nashville. Great city. You like country music? I do like country music. What what are you from? I'm from Georgia. Canton, Georgia. What's in Canton? If I drove to Canton, Georgia, what's there? If you drove to Canton?
2: Yeah, what's 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 the first thing I see when you get to Canton?
4: Um We have a stoplight? Mm.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, right. You have a stop. We didn't have a stoplight in my hometown. Yeah. It's yeah, so small.
6: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's a It's not that small of a city, um but definitely uh, not that much to do in Canton you, know, you get down to the Woodstock area there's a lot more to do and like the Cartersville area if you're coming from Tennessee he goes Tennessee or not Tennessee he goes uh, Cartersville to Canton to Woodstock mm. so like Cartersville and Woodstock have a lot to do and Canton's just like the city in the middle is there like a Georgia Hall of Fame there
2: they try to like replicate the Canton Football Hall of Fame do they do anything Hall of fame in Canton, Georgia uh, no? no nah, stupid question <laughs> I don't mean, like, know oh, man yeah, a, yeah it'd be like Canton, <laughs> Georgia but they have a Hall of Fame you yeah. would think um, hope you stay healthy Thank you. Um, super. Uh, how tall are you? Six three.
6: Golly. Wow, that's nice. How tall is your dad? Five eleven. Really? What? Yeah. Where'd you get the height? Uh, my mom's side. My mom's five six, but uh, her dad was six five, and her brother is six four. Did you always play football, or did you excel in other sports? Yeah, I was uh, actually pretty much all baseball growing up. All baseball and basketball growing mm-hmm. up. Um, I actually hated football, and I quit in third and fourth grade. And my dad made me come back out for fifth grade, and that he did but yeah i played baseball up until i was 12 uh, a couple of kids i played with got drafted last year uh dylan lesko who was committed to vanderbilt got drafted um drew jones who was committed to vanderbilt got drafted i played with a couple of those guys um and then basketball we played yboa which is like aau but before they did uh like grades they had the age groups so if you had a kid who was reclassed when he was younger we weren't able to play AAU. so we played yboa and we actually won the national championship for that wow you should brag a little bit
4: yeah, yeah. man Please, a little more. Jeez, like 6'3", played with the
2: All-Stars. What
4: didn't you like about football? Uh method, very, too very good, feminine. apparently. getting a no challenge
2: for
6: him. Yeah. <laughs> it's a 6'3", 9-year-old just dominating everybody. No, I actually don't know what I didn't like. I mean, I was so young. It was just like another thing. In the Going oh. in with travel, baseball, and basketball was just a lot during the uh, summer. And then, or not during the summer, during the fall. But to change, I think the biggest thing was having to change my throwing motion between football and baseball because I was a pitcher was... Like really tough every single year to get go back going in each sport, so that was rough. Last question. <laughs> Last question. I, I, got, promise, I, I promise. could do this for thirty years. too.
2: I know. <laughs> so if you were the,
6: how far can you just throw a football? I'm uh, not asking you to do it. I don't want you to do it. Yeah. Uh, how far yeah, could, well, could well, you? Well, what's the far? How far can you throw it? The farthest I've thrown it uh, was senior year of high school. I threw it 73 at practice. You can so throw well, it 73 yards in the air. I think I can throw farther now, but wow, now wow, wow, year, wow, yeah. wow. What's the? Is that? A, was that a hail mary? Uh, no, we were at practice, and uh, we had a really fast receiver, and my coach told me to let him get down the field to see if I could out-throw him, and that's how far I threw it. That's pretty cool. I don't. I barely run 73 yards yeah. without yeah.
2: much less How far it. do you throw, Bones? 30? I don't know. I mean, I was, I was showing off my 18-yard. Uh, uh, I, <laughs> I I
6: think I'll get you get 40. 40?
2: <laughs> oh, if I do, it's going to hurt the next day for sure. I'm going to throw my arm out. Good to talk to you. Thanks, man.
0: Thank you.
2: All right, next up, linebacker C.J.
4: Taylor. C.J. was named second-team preseason All-SEC. Did you know that? No, I didn't know that. Neither did I. I didn't know that, and i, I watched some clips later. Kevin and I were watching him. Um, the dude can hurdle. <laughs> he jumped over a lineman like no problem for a sack.
3: Really? Yeah, last year against Missouri was awesome. And then guys.
4: it was a scoop and score. It was pretty amazing. Dang. Here he
2: is. And he had on some shoes that were like slides, but I like had like bubbles all yeah, over them. We talked about him, but it was cool it was pretty cool. Here is CJ Taylor. Follow him underscore CJ Taylor1. We were walking through the facility a minute ago and there was like tons of free snacks. <laughs> That's got to be the best part about being a college athlete, right? Free snacks all the time.
5: Yeah, I mean sometimes it gets to the point where you're just eating just to eat.
2: I, I I'd already eaten. I still wanted to grab a. I didn't. Yeah. I still wanted to grab a couple just to have like a bar or something. Do they they have a good program here to make sure like you're eating the right stuff?
5: Yeah, for sure. If you if you're not gaining the weight they want you to get, it's it's really like you're just not trying to eat. Like if you do what that what Julia says, and which is our nutritionist, if you do what she says, and you're going to gain the weight that you need to gain to be successful.
2: How much weight have you put on since you moved and started to come to school at Manorville?
5: Uh So when I first got here, I was like 195, but it was like bad weight. So I was like 195 or like 18% body fat. So And that's very bad. I don't know if you know about any of that stuff, but it's bad. Um, but now I'm like at 207. Nine and a half, nine point five body fat so same I, me too yeah. exact same wow that's amazing why he
4: laugh so hard at that
2: <laughs> yeah i'm La- not no, uh, no well, I what, you there,
5: what
4: were you eating though is it like cheese so
5: one of my coaches or well, my position coach um he moved me in he wasn't my position coach at the time um but he he is now and he moved me in to my dorm my freshman year and like my mom like i'm a first generation like college athlete or college student in general so my mom didn't know what to get me she didn't know like so basically she overpacked and she got me a bunch of snacks and food i had like maybe like four or five totes of like beef jerky five six totes of like ramen noodles so like it was like bad and like my position coach now he was like whenever i was moving in he was like dude you can't eat that and then like julia was like interrogating me like what, how much have you been eating ramen noodles <laughs> like, so it, it was it was a, a big ordeal because like my mom was a rookie when it came to this, so she was just trying to make sure her son was fed all the time, so.
2: What's a normal day of eating for you? Like how many calories are you trying to put in? Like what is it, three, four meals, big meals?
5: Yeah, so I eat breakfast in the morning, usually like an omelet, um, some fruit. And then after practice, I usually get some cereal and then I go to Chipotle. I but I you can eat clean at Chipotle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I usually go to Chipotle every day. You get a bowl though, not a burrito. He said usually every day.
2: Usually, but but what it really is is every day. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So
5: I get a I get a um, basically a brown rice chicken bowl, um, and then throughout the day I'm eating snacks, and then obviously I'm a load up for dinner, um, whatever that may be. I'm a I'm a lasagna guy, so I like lasagna. Yeah, if I, I
2: my my stomach gets real bloated. You get bloated ever? No, nah. no. Nah. Yeah, never mind. <laughs> We're like there, old guys. dudes, yeah. CJ, yeah. like, look forward you to it. You ever this. get <laughs> You ever have a? You ever hit someone so hard your head hurts, and then you got to stay in?
5: Yeah, like uh, the Florida game last year when I hit Pearsall on the sideline. Like I, when I hit him, I like I had like their helmets were blue, so I hit him and I just seen like a blue blur. And then I got up, and like the ref had like pulled me. He's like, "Hey, quit talking crap." I wasn't even talking crap. I was just trying to overcome the the brutal hitting that I did to him, but. It was, that's one of the hits that I hit somebody. I'm like, dude, and then obviously I had to stay in.
2: How do you adjust to that though? Because anytime you hit or get hit, if it's you know if it's a big collision and you go to the next play, do you just expect to catch up with yourself before the play starts?
5: I guess it's kind of different for defensive players. Obviously, offensive players is they're the ones getting targeted. Like I'm trying to hit the offensive player every time, but as a defensive player, you can con- kind of control like the way you hit somebody. So if I hit somebody straight up. I can go lower next time. So I can kinda try to absorb the blows differently every time.
2: You ever just light somebody up and knock their shoes? You ever take their shoes off? You know they should decle. You ever literally <laughs> decleated somebody?
5: Like a uh, car? Yeah, I mean <laughs> I have hit someone that made them flip or whatever, but I've never like taken their shoes off or
2: anything. But you know, it's like there's streaks yeah. on the ground. You gotta do that this year. Yeah, right? that's good. We'll when see, you we'll when see. you do that You do have to teach me that technique. Like, now nah, you don't know for me. You get bloated. <laughs> I had to bloat you.
5: When did you like did you like to hit from the beginning from yeah. the first time you played? Yeah, so like when I was little, like I've always been like an aggressive kid, as my mom would say. I was an instigator, and I always loved like being aggressive. So when I first started playing football, it was kind of like second nature to me, and I really liked it. So I mean, that may be a question for her, but I, because I don't remember the first time I hit somebody, but from what I know, I, I was I was very aggressive, and I liked it. <laughs> you hit them hard. Yeah. Were you recruited sure. as a linebacker? No, I mean, I was recruited as a safety to a bunch of schools, and then. Like the army navy air force like those schools i got recruited as a running back for the most part it was safety for like the big power five schools that i got recruited by it was it was for safety mississippi state was i was outside linebacker that's what they were wanting me for
2: how does it project to the next level for you is it
8: wherever
5: yeah i mean it's so like obviously the the nfl is more of a passing game like because you can tell how they're treating running backs now um that that position has evolved into a position that doesn't get valued so it's really like a a more of a passing down or a passing game in that level so if you play safety and they think you like speed you're going to play will obviously you have to show that you can use your hands so really i don't know i'm gonna to have to figure out like either i'm gonna to have to put on a bunch of weight good weight and play will or get my technique better and play safety so uh, it, high safety so it, it just depends lasagna it's the key yeah lasagna, the lasagna
2: is the key to put on weight uh one final question for you um going into the season I mean, there's a lot of momentum. You know, you, according to the coaches, you're one of the leaders to keep this momentum going on that mm-hmm. side of the ball. Like, we're about to go into game number one. Like, how are you feeling? Uh, do you feel like, you know, you got to be the guy out there that's answering everybody's questions if there is one?
5: Oh, no, nah. I mean, <clears throat> I think as a collective, like, we are returning a lot of guys, like Mahoney, Ethan Barr, Kane, Patterson, DeRickey, Nate Clifton. I can go down the line, definitely. I think that we all have a bond and a connection to where like i can look at DeRicky and he knows like if something happened and i look at him like he knows either he did something wrong and he can fix it or if vice versa if i did something wrong and he looks at me i'm like dang like so i think that i don't think anyone has to answer to anyone's questions like i think we all know um there's a scheme and I, we're comfortable with it so i think that's one thing that's gonna carry us throughout the season and especially early because all the guys that were here last year, minus a few, like, we're back, so.
2: What was your best game in high school, stat-wise?
5: Oakland, probably, or, yeah, versus Oakland. I had, like, 250 yards, two touchdowns. Nah, let me take that back. Blackman was my best game. I had, like- You went
2: better than Oakland? Oh.
5: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> my best game was against Blackman. We've never beat them, so we're 6A. We have never beat them for, like, the past 15 years, so we've never beat them. And then my senior year, we went down there in Murvisboro, and, I rushed for like 321 yards, five touchdowns, and we won
2: 35-28. That game is still close, though, 35-28. Yeah, we
5: we, I have a screenshot on my phone. It was, there was someone a screenshot at the end of the first quarter. It was 21-0. So we didn't do our job to pull off or, I guess you would say, put the dagger in them, but they you came for back. for 300 yards? 321, yards. Yeah. Was it just easy, Red nah, Sea parting? No, nah, if I was in shape, because whenever I was in high school, like, dude, I – I was a basketball player. I played football. I never have got a, like I never had an off season. So I was just going from season to season. And you know that basketball shape is different than football shape. There's a quote that their their coach said that if I was in shape, I would rush for 500 yards. But after every play, I was like this.
2: <laughs> so man, I wish I could be like that. I know, 300 too. yards. That'd be awesome. <laughs> someday. Have, have a have a great season. Good luck. Stay Thank healthy. Uh, really
0: looking forward to this year. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for the time. Yes, sir.
2: And now from Australia, the punter, Matt Matt Hayball. Mm -hmm. Or Matt Harbaugh, with an accent. I just called him Matt. Yeah, me too. (laughs) Matt from Australia, transferred to Vanderbilt from Florida Atlantic last year. He's on the Ray Guy Award watch list. He's a punter. He played Australian football, and we talk about that. You can follow Matt at Matt Hayball. All right, there you go. Here's Matt. By your accent, you're not from
8: Nashville. That's correct. He's little, from Georgia, a little bit further away. <laughs> ah, yeah. uh, got it. Yep, yep. Not far. Florida. <laughs> <laughs> Transferred from a school in Florida, but from Adelaide, Australia. And so you're the punter, and I think of when I was in Australia. There's a lot of rugby over there. Um, yep. Is that what you did?
2: Is that was that how you were brought into football?
8: I played Australian football, Aussie rules. What's the difference in that and rugby? Um, you said you've been to Australia. Mm-hmm. Did you did you catch? Uh, you caught some rugby games, not AFL though. That's sort yeah, of. Yeah, I don't
2: know. And then I went to something where they were playing cricket. Cricket.
8: That's cricket, another thing. That's yeah. another thing. That's yeah, I'm not really too. sure what that one is either. <laughs> but I went to one of those. Yeah, too. That's closer to baseball. But yes, yeah. Um, Aussie football's sort of soccer, rugby kind of hybrid. Is how I describe it. Even though the Aussies probably wouldn't agree with that. But it's just we we sort of punt the ball around to each other. That's why there's so many. Australians over here now. So you were like throwing passes, but punting it? Basically. Do you get a point yeah. if you kick it and someone catches it? No, so we're trying to work from one end to the other, kick it through some posts, and you get six points for a goal. Like croquet? Do you ever see croquet on the ground? where you knock it? <laughs> no. Not, not overly familiar. Uh, all right, all right. Me either. I <laughs> You're confusing. We had a set in the back of the apartment <laughs>
2: complex we lived in when I was like seven, and I remember hitting. So were you really good at Australian rules football as a kicker?
8: Um. So everybody kicks in the sport so um but everybody could just come ahead. over here then if everybody was good and just be collegiate punters <laughs> they didn't um, know you did so it's a, it's a little different you you have to we sort of kick those end over end style so it takes a bit of training to be able to hit those spirals the technique's a little different to to sort of get to that level but yeah th- it is becoming more and more popular how did you get involved in american football so i came through pro kick australia that's um That's uh, the academy most of the Aussies go through, just sort of do some tryouts there. They train us on how to punt, and the the schools sort of contact them, and we get sort of partnered up that way. Do you get hit harder playing Aussie football or punting American football when you have a big line in front of you? Uh, Well, thankfully they're not really allowed to hit me over here, so pretty safe, but um, over there no pads or anything. so. So no pads and they can hit you? That's right. Here they can only hit you if they tip the ball? That's it. Yep. Oh, so here's this is nothing. Yeah, no one's allowed to hit me. But the did you did you wear after. a helmet over there? Nah. So nothing. that's got to be different though to put a helmet on your head to kick. Yeah, it's an adjustment for sure. Bit of extra weight, but um, nah, nothing, no equipment at all in Aussie rules. What's the what's the key to being a? I don't know how to punt. I have no idea how to punt. Yep. Are we gonna? Are <laughs> We're gonna, gonna test try. Yeah, yes, As well. I can tell. I just <laughs> wanted.
2: I just wanna like a quick lesson. Got ya. And what
8: what's the key to being a? quality punter um well it just takes consistency is the hardest part so just a very repetitive um, technique that you're comfortable with and we're trying to drop the ball flat hit it through the sweet spot of the ball and hit it high and long hopefully are those punting shoes they're not punting shoes do they have punting shoes uh soccer cleats really okay i'm gonna take a lesson here and learn how to punt oh boy see how we go uh if i can hit i think he's gonna be fine I think he's making fun of me. Yeah, I, I think, think so, too. Yeah. I would mail him. All right, let's punt him up.
4: Hey, before he leaves, are we going to interview him again? No. I want to ask him about the kangaroo.
2: Oh, I'd kill a kangaroo. Yeah. Why, why? So, so Bones thinks he no, can. No, no, random. It has to be a random kangaroo.
4: He thinks he can take on a random kangaroo. You
2: think he, they're pretty big. You yeah, no, no, one no face random, to face. general, general <laughs> yeah. kangaroo. So it's just ran, luck of the draw. It's not one of those big buffy. The big,
8: the big yeah, Just If you just grab reds. one out of the woods, I think if you put me in a cage, I would kill it before it killed me. It's optimistic, I'll, I'll say that much. They got some sharp claws. Okay, and they may puncture a couple things, but I think I'm st- bigger and stronger. Yeah. They're going straight for the stomach with those claws. Are you claws. rooting for the kangaroo? I, no, think, I think he is. my That's, that's his mascot, be. man. Yeah. Yeah. That's not true.
7: Okay. <laughs>
2: All right, that's it for the show. Thank you, guys. Everybody feel good?
4: Yeah, man, I feel yeah. great.
2: We got Coach Beamer coming up next week. Yes. We have Farah Siddiqui. talk fantasy next week. We got a lot more too. I'm, I'm just blanking it's been a UCF. a long, long day. You see it. Yeah. Coach Malzon. Mm. Um, yeah. You guys have a good day. Thanks for listening to 25 Whistles. Please share this and tell all your friends
4: that you're a whistler.
2: Just that. When yeah. You don't say anything friend, about just... 25 Whistles. Just be like, I'm a whistler and say nothing else in context.
4: And if they ask any questions, just say, like, oh. don't say anything just after Start that. whistling.
2: <laughs> and if you see us out and about, <laughs> whistle say, at us. Just say, Oh, we need an official whistle, though. We need like if we had an official sound, like. Ooh, I like that. If somebody ever does that, you don't even mention it. You just know that you're a whistler.
4: And don't get offended if I can't do that to you because I can't whistle.
2: So if you see somebody out, you see any of us? If we hear that. We just know. We don't address it. It's like Fight Club. We know you're a whistler.
3: Do we just give them like a look?
2: Yeah.
4: Well, that's like when you, like, fa- some families have family whistles. I don't have a family whistle because I can't whistle. But if I could whistle, I would do a family whistle. That's just like that. It's like our family. That's good stuff, man. Okay, I'll blow this whistle. We're out of here. See you guys next time. Bye.